For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 11 and verse 25 and 26 as we look at Barnabas the Encourager. Acts chapter 11 verse 25 and 26. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Saul, so Barnabas here, uh, was an encourager. And here he is going to Tarsus to seek Saul. There's no question that the body of Christ as a whole today, as it did back then, needs great encouragement. You would not believe the power of your words over somebody's life. You know, people will open up to you. You can say a harsh word and, 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 and put them down and say, you need to be doing this, that, and the other, and they will totally turn you off and not hear a word that you say, not take you serious, and not want to hear from you again, truthfully. But you know, there is something about when you encourage somebody, it opens their heart to you. It opens their mind to you. So Proverbs 16.21 says that the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. What exactly does that mean? Well, truth taught and incur- in, in an encouraging manner will be effective. Let me say that again. Truth that is taught in a very encouraging manner will be effective. People want encouragement. I don't, I'm not talking about a prosperity preacher or that just lifts you up and says, God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. No, sir, no, ma'am. I am talking about biblical encouragement that every Christian needs. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. And I believe that can take many different forms. And encouraging one another is one way to sharpen one another, to strengthen one another, to edify one another. Uh, The more that I grow in my Christian faith, the more that I realize the words that I speak uh, have such power and can be taken for good or for bad. And so it's on me to have control and power over my own tongue. And the Bible talks about how hard it is to control your own tongue when it talks about how the, 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 the rudder of a ship is so small but it controls which way that giant ship will go. And it's in reference to a person's tongue. The tongue is so small, but yet so mighty and so powerful. The Bible even says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. 
Now, there's there's a secular view out there that the power of positive speaking or the power of positive thinking. Now, there's maybe a little something to that. I'm not saying it's biblical. You need to look at yourself. And if there's a problem in your life, you need to get that straight. But the Bible also says if there be anything good, anything righteous, anything just, anything holy, think on those things, positive things. Amen. And Barnabas was an encourager. Barnabas demonstrated this Old Testament truth in his New Testament life. He deliberately lived it out by going to look for Saul. Now, you remember who Saul was? He was Paul before he got saved. And, and Saul pulled Christians out of their house. Paul went hunting for Christians like they were animals to destroy them, to lock them up, to kill them, to murder them, to stone them. The Bible says that the first deacon, Stephen, was stoned and that the his clothes were laid at a young man's feet named Saul. Talk about bad. Now, not only did they kill him, they stoned him to death. But if you think about that, they must have stripped him naked because they took his clothes and laid them at a young man's feet named Saul. They humiliated him, and then they murdered him in the street. And Paul, who was Saul, had the power to give that word, that order, to kill them but yet here barnabas is going after this man and say i'm gonna go encourage him in the lord paul had gotten saved paul had met the lord jesus christ on the road to damascus so is it possible that the christ likeness of this man barnabas a man who would seek out someone who would be considered an enemy that was paul for the purpose of bringing him back uh to wonderful reconciliation, bringing him back to the disciples, putting in a good word for him, in other words, saying, I saw him preach boldly. He's one of us. He's been changed. He's born again. He's saved and bringing him into the flock. Now let's read Acts chapter 11, verse 25 again. And we're going to read verse 26. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and they taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. The, who, who assembled themselves for a whole year? Paul and Barnabas. That for a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and even taught people, Barnabas had brought Saul into the flock. He had brought the Apostle Paul into the flock, into the church. I dare say there are a lot of churches today, maybe the one that you're at, that if somebody had gotten saved like Paul, somebody who persecuted Christians, your church wouldn't want them there. They'd run them off. They'd say, I heard what you did. I know about you. I've heard your name before. Oh boy, what a what a Pharisee type attitude that is, isn't it? That is horrible. Yes, that is horrible in the eyes of God. Because once you're saved, you're born again, and those same people forget. And I've heard them stand up and say, I've never smoked, I've never drank, and I've never chewed. No, but you was a dirty, rotten, sorry, no good sinner just like the rest of us. 
and you needed the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Bible says we're all sinners. For all have sinned that come short of the glory of God. And that horrendous attitude that they have is worse than what a sinner has out in the world. Why? Because they are representing Christ. Christians, the Bible says they were first called Christians at Antioch. The name of a Christian, Christ one, little Christ, if you will, was first given to the believers at Antioch. It was conferred by our Lord, but used by the world. And it still is used by the world. Why? They say, well, you're, you're supposed to be Christ-like. You're supposed to be a Christian. In other words, your behavior, your attitude, which is the biggest thing, should reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if your attitude is right, your actions will reflect that. Amen? As I've often heard that your attitude is simply the aroma that's from your heart. It's simply the smell that's coming off of what's in your heart. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save that which was lost. Paul was lost. The Lord Jesus Christ met him on the road to Damascus. Isn't it an amazing thing that some of the most foul, some of the most meanest, some of the most vile, some of those most wicked sinners got saved and God used them in some of the mightiest ways that you could ever imagine? Look at the Apostle Paul. Look what God used him to do and pen a lot of the New Testament, start a lot of New Testament churches, encourage brothers in the faith. To this day, we read the Apostle Paul's writing there, inspired scriptures. One of the most meanest, vilest men, God used him. The, the writer of Amazing Grace was probably, as in his words, very wicked and very vile. He was a wretch. He wrote that song that saved a wretch like me, Amazing Grace. Uh, John Newton, he was one of the meanest men. Did you ever meet? Grew up on a, a ship with a bunch of sailors and became captain of his own ship. Not just any ship, but a slave ship. They hated him so bad, his own crew, they overthrew him one day. Threw him in the, in the water and stuck him with a spear. But that didn't kill him. Later in the midst of a storm, he got down, he got right, and he got saved. And God used him. He became one of the most beloved men. And he penned that song that is still sung today. Amazing grace that saved a, a wretch like me. How about Moses who committed murder? Killed somebody. God used him to lead his people out of Egypt. Yes, I said that. Moses killed a man. But God still used him in a mighty way. God can take you no matter where you're at, how low you've been, where you come from, what you've done. God can use you to do things that you can't even dream of. And he wants to use you. He's looking for people like you. Will you trust him today? Will you put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? Repent of your sins and be born again? So as we're looking at Barnabas here, Barnabas was the encourager. Here he is encouraging a person that just got saved. He takes him to the church at Antioch. They stayed there for a year and they taught. There would have been very few who would have loved meeting Saul. 
the Apostle Paul of Tarsus, without struggling, they would have greatly, and you probably would too if you walked in your church, struggled with a feeling of reproach and, and almost just a disdain, like, how dare you come into this church? We know what you've done. We know you treated that preacher horrible. We know you wasn't good to that pastor. We know you was mean to his family. We know what you did down the road. How dare you do something like that? But Barnabas grabbed a hold of him and said, he's a brother in Christ. I'm going to bring him in to the flock. I'm going to encourage him. Barnabas knew that Saul was a new creature in Christ. And oftentimes, church families, as somebody gets saved, you know what attitude we'll take? Well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens. I can just tell you right now, that is the wrong attitude to have toward a new believer. That is completely and totally wrong from Scripture. Because Barnabas didn't wait for that. Barnabas said, this man saved, he's born again, I'm going to bring him into the flock. The Bible teaches us that a person gets saved, they are a new creature in Christ, and we should treat them in that manner. Amen? Absolutely we should. Barnabas and Saul, the Apostle Paul, loved the Gentiles. As you remember, Paul, Saul, was a Jew from a very prominent family and organization and school. And the Gentiles were considered as a dog. They were a nobody. But you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ died for Jew and Gentile. Never forget for all, for who has sinned? For all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter well, what is a Gentile, a Gentile is anybody that's not a Jew. So if you're wondering, am I a Gentile? Well, if you're not a Jew, then yes, you are. Acts 15, 12 tells you, Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought, among the Gentiles by them. Barnabas did not only love the Jews who came to Christ, he loved the Gentiles also, amen? He realized that Christ loved the Gentiles just as much as Christ loves the Jews. Just as much as Christ loves anybody else, Christ loves you. Can I just tell you that person that you think that is so bad, that has done so wicked things, that looks down, you look down your nose on them, can I just tell you, that you're wrong about them, that Christ loves them just as much as he loves you. And that's hard for you to fathom. That's hard for me to fathom sometimes. But the love of the Lord Jesus Christ is endless and boundless. And his mercies and his grace are new every morning. There's not one sin that the grace of God cannot cover. Paul and Barnabas began to minister to the Gentiles and share what Christ had done with a group of people who looked upon them with haughty disdain. The mainstream Jewish population looked down on them like they were dogs. How dare you go to these Gentiles? But they did because they knew the Lord Jesus Christ loved them just as much as he loved the Jews. And so before you, before we, we just arrogantly condemn those Jews as foolish and prideful. Before we say, man, they're arrogant. They're Pharisees. They're so prideful. Let me just ask you, what groups have you looked down upon today by your church, at your church, 
or in your church that the Lord Jesus Christ would have us, have you, to reach out to them. Let me just say that again. Before we condemn those people in the Bible, what people have you looked down on in your church, outside of your church, wherever you're at, that you've looked down on? Let me just tell you, you're wrong about them because the Lord Jesus Christ loves them and he would have you reach out to them and show them love. Maybe it's a homeless bum, the unwed mother, the drug addict, the AIDS infected, the young person that's so disrespectful, the alcoholic. There's no doubt that God's loved these people just as much as he loves you and he loves me. Let me tell you, Barnabas realized that. He certainly would have reached out to them just as you and I should. Amen. That is so convicting. The very person that I would look down on. How dare me? How dare you? The very person that I would feel disdain toward. The very person that I would just scour down my nose at. God says I love them just as much as I love you. And my son died just as much for them as he did for you. And I want you to show them love, mercy, and grace. Do you know that Jonah got caught up in that? Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh and preach because he knew that God would show them mercy and they could get saved and they could get right with God. And Jonah didn't like them. He said they're wicked, mean, vile people. They've not done, done terrible things. And he ran from God. And they threw him over the ship and a whale came up and swallowed him. And he was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights until the whale threw him up. And he got right with God. And he said, I'm going to go preach to Nineveh. And he went and preached at Nineveh. You know what, was, what happened? They got right with God. And you know what Jonah did? He got sour. He got upset. He didn't like them. He was, felt disdain toward them, looked down upon them. But God said, I love them. That very person, that very group in your church, outside of your church or uptown, that you look to or look at, God wants you to love them. Remember the commandments, the greatest of these? is to love the Lord God Almighty is the first one, and the second one is to love thy neighbor as thyself. Let me tell you somebody that really got a hold of that. A lady named Amy Carmichael. She has Her life is a beautiful and amazing illustration of someone who loved like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, nobody can love with agape love like God can, but we can do our best and strive to get that. So Amy Carmichael was born in 1867, and after hearing Hudson Taylor speak, the missionary Hudson Taylor, by the way, felt God calling her to the mission field. Miss Carmichael spent 55 years in India without ever asking, without ever taking a single furlough. A furlough is a break from the mission field, going home like taking vacation for being on missions. She didn't take a single one. And listen to me, she founded an orphanage and a mission in India. She was in the ministry of, of reaching that group of people whom Jesus called the least of these. They were the nobodies. They had nothing. This giving woman, Mrs. Carmichael, began her ministry by developing a Sunday school class. I love that. For girls. 
And she called that she called those the Shawleys. These were young ladies. Listen to me. These young ladies that she taught, looked after, and cared for could not even afford to own their own hat. They had nothing. And several people wrote to her while she was an Indian and asked what missionary life was like. And this is what Mrs. Carmichael lovingly responded to and said and answered that question. Missionary life is simply a chance to die. After giving her life to reaching as many as the unloved as she possibly could, Amy Carmichael declared, listen to this, I love this statement Amy Carmichael said. This is her quote, One can give without loving, but one cannot love without giving. I love that. That is so true. When you love somebody, you will naturally give them something. When you love your kids, you'll, you'll naturally uh, give them your time, your support, your money. You'll want to give them a home, and then you want to make them feel loved and safe. When you love your spouse, when a man loves his wife, he'll want to go out and conquer the world uh, to, to, so he can take care of her and love her and provide her with a home and finances and make her feel loved and safe and secure. He'll do anything he can for his wife because he loves her and he'll give her everything that he has. The, the, all the material and monetary and money, and they don't mean anything when he truly loves his wife. Why? Because she means everything uh, to him. And it's the same when you love a person. The Lord Jesus Christ did that. He loved you so much that He gave you something. God loved you so much that He gave you something. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, shall have everlasting life. Amen to that. When, when you love somebody, you'll give them something. Can I ask you today, have you ever stopped and really realized that you need to be saved? Have you been born again? Do you realize that apart from God, there's a place called hell? The Bible says there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, gnawing a tongue, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. But the Lord Jesus Christ loved you and he doesn't want you to go there. He laid down his life for you. But you've got to realize that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen to me, you can't save yourself. One day your, your heart is going to beat its last beat. One day your body is going to take its last breath and you're going to go out of this world. And you don't get a second chance. What you do today will ring out through all eternity. I ask you to look at yourself. See, you can't do it. You can't be good enough, the Bible says. What does it mean by come up short for all have sinned and come up short of the glory of God? On that judgment day when you stand before God, you cannot be good enough, the Bible says. You will come up short. And you may say, well, I was better than him. I got further than him. That's right, you did. But it still wasn't good enough. You'll come up short. The only person that could bridge that gap, the only person that can satisfy God was when the Lord Jesus Christ shed His spotless, perfect blood on the cross for you and for me so that we can be saved. Like the Bible says, by His stripes, we are healed. And listen to me, when you realize that and you ask God for forgiveness, I'm sorry for being a sinner, Lord, and I put my faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
that he didn't just die on that cross, he was buried and he rose again the third day, that he conquered and defeated death, hell, and the grave. And I know that I could put my faith and trust in him and be born again and my name be written in the Lamb's book of life. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.